Listen up, folks. RPA is on the way, and we don't just mean robotic process automation, but RPA as a service. What does that involve? Well, to tell us, we have a great guest today on the podcast, Josario Gomez, founder and CEO of Shastic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic. The Colorful Side of Finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in London. Lou Carlozo, your host. Who else did you expect? And today on the podcast, a topic that I really love and feel that the more I learn about it, the more I have to learn, frankly, which is robotic process automation. And with us to walk us through and then some, we have Osario Gomez. Osario is the founder and CEO of Shastic. That's a Berkeley, California-based RPA as a service provider for banking. After emigrating to the United States, Osario started his own company in 2009 and has been working in the fintech industry ever since. Osario is a multi-skilled individual with a strong background in financial and new media spaces and a key interest in developing disruption business models, primarily through Web 2.0, mobile and social media concepts. He's a 2006 graduate of the Tecnologico de Monterrey with a degree in financial management. Rosario, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, one thing that I think you and I should not take for granted, even though it is really making headway here, is exactly what robotic process automation is and how it works. Of course, it's RPA for short. Walk us through that. Yeah, makes sense. So as you said, it stands for robotic process automation. And it's essentially just using software to automate manual steps in a business process so that you can make it more efficient, you can make it less costly, faster. And the way that you do that typically is by replacing what is a very repetitive routine manual step in the process with an automated step. Of course, you have gone into a new dimension of this, which is RPA as a service. Have to say, never heard of that before, which is not to say we're not going to be hearing a lot about it really soon. How is your company using RPA as a service to differentiate itself and do something brand new? Yeah, good question. So most of the RPA offerings out there 
our products, our solutions, they use something called a bot that is essentially a program or a command that you configure with a bunch of if-then statements and then you install it on-premise. 95% of implementations are on-premise and it's designed to do one simple mechanical task. But, you know, and this has been proven very, very well in other industries. It's been a challenge for financial institutions because it lives on-premise. It's something that takes a lot of work to set up and maintain that hugs a lot of time and IT resources. It's not cheap. So a lot of institutions sometimes struggle with that high barrier to entry. The reason why we decided to create a platform that is very different from what's out there and we call it as a service is because it's cloud native. It lives in the cloud. It's designed to be something that you don't have to install or spend months installing or even weeks or maintaining. It's designed to not have to require your internal team to have to learn this new skill, this new capability so that you can maintain it. And it's delivered, as it sounds, as a service. And we're also specializing in financial services only. So we understand very well banking processes like lending, account opening, collections, where most other offerings are industry agnostic. So you're trying to adapt something that works for other industries to your industry. And it works really well for certain mechanical, simple tasks, like, for instance, opening a file, extracting some information and then pushing it into a database. But it really gets tricky, you know, as soon as you have to go beyond that. Absolutely. And when you look at the world of financial services, do you see not just the time this can save, but also the resources and providing the ability to streamline as another benefit? RPA has been very, very much proven in other industries, but it's still fairly new to financial services. And we feel that most of the current offerings out there are insufficient in the way that they serve financial services because they're really good at doing one little thing, you know, very, very linear, very mechanical tasks, small tasks, let's call it that way, usually in the back office. But that's usually only 5 or 10% of the entire banking process. So to really streamline the whole thing, we're seeing that institutions start running into issues where we deal with a lot of data in financial services that is stored across disparate systems that usually don't talk to each other well. And all this data needs to be understood in real time to make quick decisions. So we do believe that there's a huge potential to streamline a lot of the banking processes because there's a lot of steps that are repetitive within that process. However, we don't see that the current offerings are doing a good job of going beyond very simple tasks in the back office, like go open a document, like you said, extract some information and push into a database. Very helpful. But we found that the biggest bottlenecks and time savers usually happen in the interaction between the knowledge worker at the bank and a customer or a third party like an appraiser and also a system that is part of the process. That's fascinating because I never really thought of it that way, that the bottleneck could occur in something that seems like a fairly small or niche place we would just take for granted, but in the end creates major sorts of problems. Let's say you're sitting down then with someone who represents a bank or a series of financial institutions, and they are really interested in this and they wanna know what's the benefit. How do you communicate that? Because it seems like maybe not everybody understands, even if they're positive about it. At the end of the day, we see a lot of institutions being hostage to manual workflows, essentially. There's been a lot of innovation going into the front end, the UI, as you call it, the point of sales. But we have not seen a lot of innovation or technology going into actual processing. You know, 90% of the work essentially of processing a loan or a new account or collecting on past due loans and so on. So that's really the benefit. The benefit is that if you're trying to scale and you're dealing with 
all the staffing issues, right? Competition, customer demands that are ever higher now. You have to be able to move fast and the pace of innovation is accelerating. And that's really hard to do when your systems, your legacy systems, you can't change them. You cannot connect them to anything else. And then your staff, your entire process are pushed by manual steps. Everything needs to be done manually from getting information out of a document, putting it in, to grabbing the phone and chasing a customer for three days to collect documents and so on. Everything is usually manual. And so the benefit here is that by introducing not only RPA, but actually intelligent RPA, you are able to create a repeatable process that you can rely on that is easy to scale without sacrificing that personal touch and experience that most financial institutions really align with. If I'm understanding you correctly, where there might be a fear on behalf of the bank where they say, oh, geez, we've got to rip the whole core apart. We've got this legacy system. This is going to take years to do that because you're doing RPA as a service and that exists independently in the cloud, you can really get on board right away with this and get going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we basically reject the existing status quo of RPA of using these bots, which are, like you said, they live on-premise, they're really hard to manage and install and scale. And we built this cloud-native architecture that is aided by AI as well, so that it can sit on top of the existing systems at the institution without requiring a you know, month-long or year very painful implementation, not only to automate individual steps, but actually to track the entire process from end-to-end to be aware of where that's at and decide what the next best step is in that process. Speaking of next best steps, I'm really curious, given the fact that technology accelerated so much during the pandemic, it's been a phrase used often, I've used it often, that we made seven years of progress for the one calendar year that kicked off the pandemic. If we were to look ahead, say two years or so, in terms of RPA as a service, what do you see as being some things that might become more commonplace, but aren't so much today? I think RPA is gonna be a standard, a given at that point. But right now, most institutions cannot access it due to the high amount of resources you have to dedicate or the cost. We think very much that we're at an inflection point in this kind of technology. Maybe it's better to explain with an analogy. So it's kind of like when CRM technology first came to the cloud, right? Before Salesforce, you had to install a CRM and it was costly and you had to manage it. Very big companies only could access that. And by being able to turn into a service that you just rent essentially as you use it in the cloud, it was able to get adopted by the majority of the industry. Financial institutions, they depend greatly on systems that are very legacy, that cannot be ripped off and replaced, that don't talk to each other very well internally. So require a lot of manual work and fragmentation to move through. The only solution that you really have is solutions like RBA that don't rely on traditional pathways like APIs or traditional integrations to be able to access information and move it through the process. Now, when I think about it, it really sounds like we are at a tipping point here, right? That RPA is really on the verge of becoming something super important in financial services, whereas now that importance is very clear, the adoption, not so much. Now, when you think about where we are with RPA, what do you see maybe as the next step that needs to happen? Good question. Couple thoughts. 
One is most institutions and people in general don't understand really what RPA is or how would it benefit them. That's the first one. We have to find a way to make it very, very easy for them to understand it, right? And number two, you got to make it really, again, we're going back to the same thing I mentioned. Right now, RPA is inaccessible to 95% of the market because it's just too resource intensive, too technical, and too expensive. So it needs to become something that you can set up, try out, and rip out without having to go through months or a year and a big, big bill to figure out how to incorporate it into your current processes. And that also doesn't require you to change drastically the way you work or to have to retrain your entire staff because at that point, it just becomes ineffective from a cost perspective. Now, you mentioned staff and you also mentioned earlier those bottlenecks. I find that really intriguing. So let's say you get the RPA as a service up and running. How is this going to improve staff interaction with customers and really make a difference in the way that banks are able to serve the people that use them? We actually focus a lot of that because as I mentioned, we find that a lot of the bottlenecks happen in those interaction points. We think that RPA is one of those technologies that has the potential to deliver the right message to the right person at the right time to streamline a process, unlike any other thing that we've seen before. Because the reality is that as much as it would be great to be able to rely on traditional means for communicating like APIs, things like that, it's just not possible in today's ecosystem. Either they don't exist, those APIs, or if they do, they're limited, or if they exist and they do what you want, they cannot handle the volume for real-time interactivity. But when you pair you know, things like AI with automation, RPA, then you create something that is intelligent enough. It's not a person, right? But it's intelligent enough to be able to engage your customers proactively, again, with the right message at the right time in order to help them, essentially. And we have been applying it for that purpose. And we've seen customers react really, really well, where previously it's more of a black box experience where you're just hoping or waiting for the next thing to happen instead of having something that engages with you a lot. So you've identified the pain point. You have enacted a solution. You have distinguished yourself as being unique among all the service providers. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask you, what makes you so passionate about this? Because I can hear that in your voice. I can hear that in your answers that you really, really believe in what you're doing. What's the source of that? All right, you put me on the spot. Let me think about that. <laughs> That's a great question. We're living in a really interesting time, Lou. I mean, think about it. The great resignation is a sign that people, they want change in their daily lives and their work. At the same time, customer demand and expectations are the highest we've ever seen because of Amazon, Google, Apple, the FANGs. And then obviously in financial services, we have the fintech revolution, which is adding a lot of pressure and competition. And, you know, as we've learned about the kind of daily work that bankers do, in most important processes like lending and account opening and collections, a big part of that is routine manual work. It's robotic work in a way. And I think that people just don't want to do that. They want to be part of the process and they can contribute in a lot of other ways. We're at a very interesting time where we actually have for the first time the technology with machine learning, with the cloud, with very, very effective communication systems like text messaging and everybody, whether you're poor or rich, you have a phone in your pocket and you respond to my SMS in three minutes. Like we have all of the right conditions for this to deliver that kind of next generation of automation that makes not only the customer's life better, but also the life of the knowledge worker at the bank better, where they can do more with their time without having to spend it doing repetitive, mundane robotic work every day. And that is the heart and soul of RPA when it works 
really, really well. I salute you for being at the heart of this revolution. My hope is that in a couple years, we'll be able to look back and say, you were there at the beginning, you helped make it happen, you made a difference too. Thank you so much for being on Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. Had a great time. Rosario Gomez is the founder and CEO of Shastic. He is based in Berkeley, California. You can look for Rosario on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. The year is 2051, and in the greatest breakthrough that financial services has seen in more than two millennia, we introduce to you AI, artificial ignorance. You can use it in call centers, Your call is very unimportant to us. Please continue to hold. Or on the internet when people are trying to apply to get a credit card. To complete this credit card application, please input the first 15 codes of your DNA sequence. And perhaps most importantly of all, your financial wellness. You look fat. Get to a gym and empty out your wallet. Give it to me. That's right, artificial ignorance coming soon to a bank near you. Assuming it stays open after we introduce it. And now, Bankadelic presents Three Bullseyes. Number one. 
We deal with a lot of data in financial services that is stored across disparate systems that usually don't talk to each other well. And all this data needs to be understood in real time to make quick decisions. Number two. We don't see that the current offerings are doing a good job at going beyond very simple tasks in the back office. We found that the biggest bottlenecks usually happen in the interaction between the knowledge worker at the bank and a customer or a third party like an appraiser and also a system that is part of the process. Number three. So the benefit here is that by introducing not only RPA, but actually intelligent RPA, you are able to create a repeatable process that you can rely on that is easy to scale without sacrificing that personal touch and experience that most financial institutions really align with. And now, lose views. On today's podcast, Josario Gomez talked about the one thing that may stand in the way, not just of adopting RPA as a service, but any technology, and that's the fear of change. Now, this is something that goes back millennia, even back to our most ancient ancestors. This idea that if we embrace change, we put ourselves in danger. So, in a way, it's something that has helped us survive over the years, keeping our environments safe and enclosed and controllable. But on the other hand, in today's age of technological revolution, it's just not something that is going to work anymore. Those who embrace technology at their earliest stages reap the benefits. And in terms of RPA as a service, that benefit is pretty clear. Clearing up the bottlenecks, as Josario talked about, can really make a difference in the way that bank employees interact with customers. It can also mean automating and streamlining things like never before. It's a real chance to get away from the massive amounts of paperwork and the inefficient policies and working procedures that drive too many financial institutions. Let's take a lesson from the pandemic. We know that during that period, there was a tremendous amount of fear on all fronts. And yet, people in financial services stepped forward like never before to make changes and to implement services that really made a difference in the lives of their customers. And guess what? We're not going to go backwards in time and undo those changes just because life is pretty much getting back to normal. We're going to keep them. They're improvements. RPA is a definite, definite improvement. I myself am a big believer, and my hope is that if we come back to this subject at some point in the next year or so, we can say it has really taken off, and the financial institutions and the people they serve are much better for it. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink-a-dink-dink-in. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.